0: What's going on, y'all? My name is Brian Sanchez, and welcome to Living the Magic. Got a Marvel-filled episode of the podcast today. We're going to talk about Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. We're going to talk about the Moon Knight finale, which was, spoilers, fantastic. And we also got new attractions kind of opening up. Got our first looks at Guardians of the Galaxy Cosmic Rewind with uh, cast member and passholder previews, media event stuff going on at Epcot. Going to share some thoughts about the videos and opinions and things that we've seen from that. So dive in. If you're a Marvel fan, this one is for you. But first and foremost, thank you so much for listening to the podcast. We really do appreciate it. Uh, just a quick reminder off the top. If you are listening on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, anything like that, uh, make sure you follow and subscribe to the podcast. Go ahead and leave us a review and a rating. It really does help if you like the show to help spread the word about the show so that more folks can join in on these fun discussions. Uh, and then, of course, if you'd like to support the show monetarily, we are available on Patreon. Uh, we can get early access to podcasts along with all the other media projects that I do. Music, audio series are coming, some other fun stuff, some live chats and discussions, uh, early access to all that stuff can be found at patreon.com slash signal point media. All right, diving right in. First thing, we usually d- try to do some park news and the biggest thing about park news this week was a brand new attraction making its semi-debut. Again, these are media event previews, passholder previews, cast member previews. So first Guests and other folks not involved with the making of the attraction got to finally get inside the building at Guardians of the Galaxy Cosmic Rewind over at Epcot. This, of course, is taking over the old Ellen's Energy Adventure Pavilion, the Universe of Energy, for all my old-school Epcot fanboys like myself. And it's looks like it's an over-the-top attraction with a lot of screens, a lot of projection mapping and stuff. But the biggest thing that I keep hearing from folks that actually have gotten in and gotten to ride it is that videos don't do this attraction justice with the scale of it. Um, When you're in there, apparently you feel like it's much more massive than it looks when you're watching on video. Again, watching POVs on YouTube of of attractions is never giving an accurate representation of riding the attraction and actually experiencing it firsthand. But I think it looks really cool. Uh, If the projections look as good in person as they do in some of these videos that I've seen, I'm all for it. Give us a combination though of physical sets and screens. That's all I ask when attractions implement screens like this. But, you know, there's only so much you can really do when it comes to an, like a roller coaster experience. And from what I'm understanding, this is falling somewhere in between a Big Thunder Mountain to the Expedition Everest rock and roller coaster uh, experiences. Somewhere in the middle between those two. So it's not necessarily a family coaster, but it's not an over-the-top situation like rock and Roller Coaster is, uh, so if you're looking for a thrill level, just kind of slot that in there for roller coaster-wise, because it is essentially a roller coaster, but with much more visual effects going on, again, like the actual cars will rotate in order to point you at what they want you to look at, music, lights, effects, all that kind of stuff, and of course, a reverse launch that I hear is actually fairly exciting, it's not gonna slam you into your seat the way something like the Incredible Hulk or the VelociCoaster does over at Universal, but they're not exactly going for that sort of thing. So this looks to be like a very fun, exciting attraction that, look, in, in my opinion, Epcot definitely needs attractions like this. Over the years, Epcot has kind of fallen by the wayside when it comes to big attractions, and every once in a while we get some thrilling stuff brought in, but for the most part, Epcot is more about food festivals and culture and that kind of thing. And even to an extent, still some of that education, edutainment, classic Epcot attraction stuff. But ultimately folks are here on their vacations and they wanna go fast and they wanna have some fun. And so things like Test Track, things like Guardians of the Galaxy, things like Mission Space, I think are appropriate to put into these parks specifically Epcot, I think there needs to be a balance. And I think this is something that's gonna help eat up a lot of crowds, eat up a lot of uh, those folks looking for something a little more exciting, uh, and kind of break up the day between, you know, food booths and stuff at uh, these festivals. I'm gonna finally get to the elephant in the room, especially for all my Epcot purists. IPs in the parks, IPs in Epcot specifically in Future World, whatever they're calling it now. Um, I think it's World Expedition, or Experience, I don't even, I don't know. CommuniCore, Future World, all that stuff is elements of Epcot gone past. And so, I know a lot of folks are saying that this is the kind of thing that does not belong in Epcot. Big IPs like this, uh, a roller coaster in the front of the park doesn't seem to fit what the ideals of Epcot were and are and should be and all that. And I just, I, I feel like I understand the argument and I kind of agree that, yeah, it doesn't necessarily fit into what Epcot used to be and what Epcot maybe should be. But I think at this point we kind of have to move beyond it and maybe let go of what Epcot used to be a little bit, a little bit, as much as it pains me to say that, I think we kind of have to move on. I love classic Epcot attractions, horizons, kitchen cabaret, (laughs) living with the land, the seas, all that stuff. And I wish we could get all of those attractions back I mean, even if it was just Horizons, I think everyone is on board with that. would love for that to come back, but we are beyond that at this point. That's never going to happen. And so if we're going to get IPs in the parks and we're going to get these big properties, give us big attractions then, if that's the case. If that's how we're gonna do this, then let's go over the top. And I think from what we've seen, of Guardians of the Galaxy Cosmic Rewind, I think they are doing that. Now there are a few little hidden nods to old Epcot of course, like the the way they fit the story in is that Peter Quill visited Epcot as a child in 1984, and I've seen some videos, I think it's in pre-show in the queue where he's talking about wanting to go back and ride some attractions and experience things of classic Epcot and I it It does feel a bit ham-fisted and feels like a little bit of a acknowledgement of the extreme Epcot purist fanboys that will be upset about this in an attempt to kind of quiet that crowd. They had him specifically mention, I think think what he actually said was he wanted to see the energy dinosaurs uh, and he wanted to hear the veggie veggie fruit fruit song. Uh, and then, of course, he talked about wanting to ride Horizons. He couldn't wait to see that again. So as if he doesn't know that those attractions don't exist anymore. And I understand where they were going, coming from and maybe what they were trying to do. But ultimately, I think it came across a little bit ham fisted and not entirely genuine, and it, it felt a bit weird. So kudos for trying. They They didn't have to do any of that. I do like that they on some of the merchandise are trying to put a logo together for the, uh, wonders of Xandar Pavilion to make it seem like it was part of the classic Epcot attractions and pavilions, but ultimately it, it, it definitely does feel short and it doesn't feel like it necessarily belongs, but am I mad about that? Absolutely not. Like I said, at this point, I think we have to let go of that a little bit and just accept that this is, kind of the norm moving forward. And so let's just hope that we get some really great attractions. There are more elegant ways of introducing IP into the parks, specifically in Epcot. I think as much as I miss Maelstrom in the Norway Pavilion, I think Frozen going into that pavilion makes a lot of sense. And since Frozen pulls from a lot of Nordic traditions and that imagery in that culture, I think it fits there. And it's a way of easing folks into the culture of like, here is a movie that you really like with some characters that halfway play in that culture. Here's your easy way in. Now let's explore more. Let's dive deeper into what the actual culture of that area is. I think you could do that in China with Mulan. I think you can do that in Mexico with Coco. If they ever get around to doing a South America pavilion, you could do that with Encanto so if you can find a way to incorporate IPs into learning more about the seas with Nemo like that's a great way to get folks into that pavilion and get them excited about going and then they end up in the aquarium section at the end of it and learn about manatees and learn about whales and sharks and fish and and the oceans and stuff so I think there is a a a good way to do it but I don't think that Guardians of the Galaxy necessarily did it the best, but I will not fault them for wanting to use the Marvel properties that they own to update Epcot. So ultimately, I think it does a good job of providing some new attractions, some new stuff, and some excitement, some much needed excitement, because let's be honest, Epcot has definitely shown its age over the years, and it needs refreshing. So hopefully, we'll get to get on this in November when we go down on our trip. Uh, right now it will be opening on May 27th with a virtual queue system, kind of the way that they've been doing with new attractions, Rise of the Resistance, Remy's Ratatouille Adventure, all that. And so fingers crossed that we'll be able to get on that without having to pay extra for a lightning lane or something like that. Uh, but I am definitely looking forward to this one. I think it's, it's a fantastic addition to the parks and I absolutely love the Guardians of the Galaxy. And look forward to experiencing that in person. All right, we're going to take a quick little break. And when we come back, we're going to keep with the Marvel theme, watching the finale of Moon Knight. And we also watched Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness this weekend. I'm going to give you my reviews and thoughts about both of those on the other side of the break. I want to take a brief moment and give a huge thank you to the folks who support the show on Patreon. Both of them. Username Mythos and my mom. You've been the lone supporters of the creative work I do for the past six years, and from the bottom of my heart, I thank you so much. Although, now that I'm thinking about it, it's possible you've just forgotten it's a reoccurring charge on your card. I don't know, either way, thank you for sticking with me all these years. Now, if anyone would like to join the ranks of these wise investors like Mythos and my mom, you can support this show and all the projects I do at patreon.com slash signalpointmedia. You'll get early access to all the shows, previews of some of the new things that I'm working on, and you may even get a special shout out on your favorite show. So once again, thank you so much to Mythos and my mom. All right, this past weekend was definitely full of Marvel stuff for us in the Sanchez family household. Moon Knight finale and Doctor Strange dropping this weekend. We've got to go check that out at the Alamo Draft House here at Austin. And just off the top, I'm just going to say tons of spoiler alerts on this one. Going to dive into stuff. I won't go into like super in-depth recaps of the entire thing, but if you haven't seen either of these, go check them out before you're watching reviews or listening to reviews. Like, what are you doing? Like, just go watch it, especially Moon Knight. It's like 35 minutes long and then come back and check out the rest of this discussion. I'll start with Moon Knight. Oh my gosh. So great. I absolutely loved the finale of this show. I mean, leaving off where we did with Mark in the field of reeds, essentially dead in the afterlife and having the chance to live eternal peace uh, and Steven sacrificing himself into the sands of time or whatever, you know, I had no idea how we were going to get back to the quote unquote real world and and wrap all of this up. Uh, And so what does Marvel give us? Kaijus, giant... Seventeen seventy-story monsters fighting in the streets of Cairo and above the py- the pyramids, while our heroes on the ground are fighting for the safety of humanity. Oh man, it was so great! It was like watching a Godzilla movie at the end of it. And it was the only thing that I didn't know that I needed at the end of this series was kaiju's, giant monsters in the streets. Fantastic! I loved it. The visual effects, the visual storytelling of this show is top-notch. But ultimately, the ending of the show with Layla finally, you know, becoming a superhero in herself and uh, an avatar for Tawet, I believe, is the hippo's name. But uh, essentially, with those wings and and, and everything, just like the the superhero landing, bravo, I absolutely loved it. I particularly loved the little moment where uh, there was a little girl that saw her fighting and there's a moment where she says and asks, are you an Egyptian superhero? And she says, I am. And just a smile and acknowledgement of that. I am on record saying representation matters and oh man, it matters. And even myself, someone who's not of Middle Eastern, Egyptian descent or anything like that, just anytime we can get little cultural things like that an acknowledgement of yes, all of us can be heroes. I absolutely love that stuff. So I thought it was really, really great little moment right there an acknowledgement. That yes, she is in fact a superhero now. Uh, Fantastic. Uh, The finale arc of Mark and Steven kind of coming to terms with their dualities of their personalities and being released from Khonshu's service. Really, really cool. I absolutely loved it. The reveal of Jake was another one that I absolutely loved. Again, we had been talking about This third personality that they had teased in a couple of episodes where both Mark and Steven kind of black out. And there's obviously someone else in there with them that seems to be a cold-blooded killer because every time that they both black out and don't know what happened, they come back surrounded by dead bodies. So we knew that there was somebody there. And the reveal of that being Jake, a third personality inside of Mark and Steven that is in fact just a cold-blooded assassin was really, really dope. And the fact that he looks characters right in the eyes, speak Spanish and just no holds barred, just delivers death makes it so intriguing to find out where this character goes from here. I absolutely loved it. Give Oscar Isaac all the awards. This was a fantastic look into the mind of someone who is dealing with trauma and stress and multiple personalities and that kind of thing, and really delivering three distinct performances and three distinct characters in the same project. Bravo for the emotional depth and the story of that so well done. And it was very, very difficult for me to compare that with what we got in Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness, because what we got in Doctor Strange was kind of a dismissal of all the work that had been done in a show that I really, really loved. And that's WandaVision. In WandaVision, Wanda goes through the arc of dealing with the grief and loss of her love, which is Vision, and the life that they could have had and that they were so close to finally getting. And she goes to a very dark place, and does really, really hurtful things to a lot of people in order to console her own self and create the world that she wants. But ultimately, by the end of that show, we've gotten through this arc of healing and closure, essentially, even. When she lets go of the image and the idea of living a life with vision and these, these children that they could have had. And I thought it was a very beautifully and well-executed story arc for a character in Wanda. And then we get into Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness, and we find that she is basically right back to square one of what she was in WandaVision. And within the first 20 minutes of the film, we kind of just erased everything that happened in Westview and all the healing that she did at the end of that show. And I did not like that. I thought it was very dismissive of all the work and the time that we spent in Westview with her. And ultimately, I thought the movie was more about her than it was about Doctor Strange. This really wasn't a Doctor Strange movie, in my opinion. I don't think that Stephen Strange really arced at all. I don't think there was a journey for his character or anything like that. And I I thought it was a very weird choice. But that's really the only problems that I have with the film. Outside of that, the film was a lot of fun. I thought it was very good. I thought it was a lot of fun to be jumping through different multiverses. And the Bruce Campbell cameo with the Pizza Papa thing was hilarious. There were moments of levity. Uh, I do like the introduction of the character of America Chavez. I thought uh, she is a really interesting character and I wanna learn more about her. And I. From what I understand, she was a character that was supposed to be introduced in Spider-Man No Way Home but ended up getting cut. And so at the beginning of the film when she's talking to Doctor Strange about Peter Parker and Spider-Man, I think that was supposed to have a little bit more levity than it actually did. Uh, But, you know, it is what it is. We got what we got. Ultimately, I see a lot of people very divided about this movie. Uh, I'm in the camp that enjoyed it. I will say it got very dark at the end of the film and a lot of dark imagery, a lot of uh, witchcraft and sorcery imagery that I was not expecting to get that dark to the point where at the end when Stephen Strange is doing the whole dreamwalking thing into a corpse and so he's essentially like a zombie version of himself and using spirits as a cape or wings in order to fly to... Wanda. It's like, it got really dark and really scary. I kind of felt for, there was a family sitting next to us in the theater with a very young daughter. She's probably about five or six years old. And at the end of the movie, she was crying and like physically scared uh, and cowering in the arms of her parents. And I kind of felt for her, like it was kind of scary towards the end of the movie. Um, but ultimately I did think it was a lot of fun and and some stuff that we haven't seen before in a, in a Marvel movie, in a Disney Marvel movie like this. Uh, before, so I I did welcome that change. I really thought they were leading up to something else, and with the ending being what it is, with Wanda essentially kind of getting killed, I don't buy it, first of all. No one's actually really dead in a Marvel thing in in comics, like no one actually dies forever, everyone can kind of come back, so I don't anticipate that being the end of the character, at least I hope not, because again, we got a lot of really good character work, from the series in WandaVision and for her to kind of just fall back into being the big bad and then being dispatched as quickly and kind of unceremoniously as they did, I hope that that's not the end for the character. Um, The multiverse versions of characters that we've seen in What If and other properties like Captain Carter and Professor Charles Xavier... Fantastic to see those characters on screen. Kind of a weird choice to kill them within the first 20 minutes of them being on screen. And I really wanted specifically more from Charles Xavier and Patrick Stewart. Particularly because if you're doing multiverse versions of these characters, and if you are gonna make this more about Wanda than about Doctor Strange, you know, then diving into alternate versions of these characters would be the way to introduce these characters and have them really serve a purpose. Because I think it was Dan Merle that I saw on his review said that you introduce these characters and then you kill them off and it is not really moving the plot forward. And it's kind of a weird way to use these characters. Like if you're going to use them, then let's use them to add levity to the story and the stakes. And it just wasn't the case in an alternate universe. Wanda's father is Magneto. And so having the ties to Charles Xavier and the mutants like that could have led to some really in-depth character stuff, emotionally driven stuff that I think maybe was an opportunity missed. And maybe we'll get something like that later on. Maybe they're just going to go a different direction. Who knows? But it will be interesting to see how that kind of moves forward considering that we've seen the on-screen Introduction and death of these characters: Monica Rambo's uh, Captain Marvel, Captain Carter, and John Krasinski's uh, Reed Richards. Fantastic Four. Again, a really weird way to introduce him and then kill him, and then <laughs> within a few minutes. But it was a choice. Look, bottom line is, I absolutely did enjoy this movie. I had, think it had some issues and problems, but on the Whole of it, I did really enjoy it. I hope you guys did too. I am very much looking forward to what comes next with Doctor Strange. I do like the character. I love the character of Wong being the Sorcerer Supreme now. I think that's a a great choice and provides for little moments of comedy and humor there when uh, he's trying to be the Sorcerer Supreme and everyone is respectful of him. And then, you know, Doctor Strange is kind of like, yeah, no, you're my friend Wong. Like, I've known you forever. Uh, But then at the end, him giving him a little bow and that respect and nod of like, yes, you are the Sorcerer Supreme and you do belong here. You do deserve it. And I do respect you. Uh, it's a fun, friendly banter back and forth there. I absolutely love those moments. Uh, what did you guys think of Moon Knight? What did you guys think of Marvel's, uh, Dr. Strange in the Multiverse of Madness? I, again, I liked these. I loved Moon Knight more than Dr. Strange, but That's not to say I did not enjoy Dr. Strange, um, but I'd probably give it a seven, maybe an eight. Well, okay, we'll call it seven and a half then. All right, guys, that's going to do it for me today. Thank you so much for checking out the podcast. I really do appreciate it. Uh, Let me know down in the comments if you're watching this on YouTube or listening on Patreon or on the website, signalpointmedia.com. And then, of course, if you want to get at me, I am on the socials at Twitter. I am at your... Primo Brian. Thank you so much for listening to the podcast again. Really do appreciate it. Don't forget to rate and review on all the platforms that you might be listening to this on, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, all that jazz. Uh, You know, it really does help us out. So we can do more projects, can invite more people on the show so it's not just me talking. uh, And of course, do more fun and experimental things. Like I said, audio series coming, scripts, music, videos, things like that. Really excited to keep building and more, doing more projects for y'all. So, anyways, I'm done rambling. Have a fantastic week. We will see y'all around. And as always, on the loop.